It's in Powerhouse this morning on Town Talk. This is National Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Kathy Anderson is here along with Kirsten Knox and Jackie Oliveira from Empower House to talk about national teen dating violence. Kirsten, we'll start with you. What got you involved in this type of work? So I personally got into this work because I didn't really get a lot of conversations about healthy relationships until I was in college, which by the time I got there, I remember how impactful it was finally having in-depth conversations with um, other students about what does real consent mean and what does it look like beyond just no means no or what does a truly green flag look like or what is actually a red flag that you might have thought was something normal and that had a huge impact on my life just in college and I remember thinking why didn't I get this in high school so um, going out of college I really wanted to get into a line of work where I could help teach others um, skills to navigate relationships and hopefully teach it at a younger age so you don't have to wait till it's too late um, to learn the hard way. So coming to Empower House, it was a perfect opportunity where I could do that teaching but also get that experience of working intervention as well. Interesting that you saw that there was something lacking and just to be able to decide you wanted to do something about that. Good for you. And, and, as, and as you've gone through, it's, it's, it's interesting because, uh, Kathy, we have talked about this, th- this issue over the years. And as we, as we talk this morning, we'll, and we'll, we'll talk about some of the programs, really there are, there are programs now taking place and you really are aggressive in, in, in how you're dealing with this. Yeah, we've talked about our children's programs and our teen programs over the years and our programs in the schools. I think what's different now is we have dedicated more resources to working with children and working with teens and doing that education in the schools. You know, in our strategic plan, it is our most forward goal to reach more young people, uh, to make sure that they are having information early and just really being able to um, learn it and practice it. And, you know, at the very young ages, we're talking about friendships. You know, how do you um, navigate a friendship and how do you do that respectfully? And, you know, it's kind of um, anti-bullying, if you will, um, helping young people in their friendships. Jackie, what got you involved in this topic? Good morning. Thank you for having us, Ted. I got involved. um, Unfortunately, I had a family member who was experiencing domestic violence. I was very young, so at the time I didn't know that it had a name. As I moved here to Virginia, I had a friend who was experiencing domestic violence and I wanted to help her, but I didn't have all the tools to help her. So I did a Google research and found Empower House. Um, I told her to call and then I said, wait a second, I think this is an area that I want to get involved in. And I applied to be a volunteer and I was a volunteer with Empower House a little over a year before I was offered a position, and I was ecstatic to accept it. Interesting, because this this really is such a tough issue, and to and to want to deal with it to 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 both of you, all of you, but especially especially you two, that you knew the the the, the situations and, and and you wanted to do something about it. Yeah, I was always I found myself always helping. Um, friends and family members experiencing DV, 
but I really didn't know like the safe way to do it because sometimes mm. we want to help, but it's a very, very dangerous situation. So I wanted to have the proper tools to be able to do that safely and learn about it so I can do so safely. And that's, Kathy, we talk about that a lot, just about, I mean, you, you offer all kinds of training and there are, there are anybody who volunteers before they do anything, they, there's, there's quite a comprehensive training goes right. into so this. Right, it's a 40-hour training. It's a, it's a significant commitment. It's a very positive experience because you're going through that with other people. There's a lot of activities and engaging with one another while you're learning. So there's, there's, it's hitting every learning style. Um, so even though it's a heavy subject, there's, um, it's really broken down and different folks are teaching that, folks who work for the organization, and uh, it's pretty comprehensive. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about some of the things that, that, that are going on, some really exciting things and, and, and programs. Before we do that, we always mention the hotline number. If you're in a situation and you need some help or if you know of someone that you need to give this number to, there is, there, there is a hotline available locally. Right, and it's 540-373-9373. And it's for not just the situation, but family and friends or someone just wants to ask some questions, but it's 540-373-9373. Kathy Anderson is here along with Kristen and Jackie from Empower House, empowerhouseva.org. More on News Talk 1230 W. Welcome back to Town Talk on News Talk 1230. You can weigh in about today's topic on Facebook at WFVA 1230 and by text at 540-371-5756. Here's your host, Ted Schubel. It is Empower House in this morning. EmpowerHouseVA.org. Again, the hotline number, 540-373-9373. And we will mention uh, that as we go along. Kirsten, Jackie, and Kathy in this morning from Empower House as we talk about National Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Overall, Kathy, how, how big of a problem is this? So I'm just sitting here thinking and... You know, I can talk about the size of the problem. So it's one in three teens, right? So across the United States, one in three teens will experience, um, you know, or uh, teen dating violence, if you will, which is a high number because over the lifespan, it's one in four women will experience severe physical violence at the hands of an intimate partner. Um, but I was just sitting here thinking, like, I know I could talk about any one of our programs and get excited, but I was just thinking how amazing or how valuable how excited i get when i when we get to talk about our youth programming um and even our children's programming it's so important that folks hear these things early and um you know can just really change their life i mean even you talked about the volunteer program and we've had like a dad and a daughter or a mom and a son or a mom and a daughter come to our volunteer training and they go through that entire set of activities and the um, learning that goes on with that and then later we'll hear back and we'll be like oh my gosh it's so good we went through your training because my daughter ended up in a domestic violence relationship and um, we knew what to do and we were able to move so quickly through that because we understood what was happening and we knew what the resources were and uh, I just can't say enough that 
prior to things happening, it's so good for us to not only talk to folks who might see that teen dating violence at some point and need to get out of it, but also for kids who might be inclined to be the person doing the harm. You know, they too, at an early age, can get information and and kind of stay out of that set of problems if they have that programming. Kirsten, have you if you found the, the people that do take that that are do take these um, you know classes or, or or get involved with these kinds of things, knowing what it is, you're able then to identify things. Yes, and you wouldn't believe. Uh, the amazing conversations that we get to have in the classrooms and even in our support groups and everything. Um, I've had so many teens mention either in feedback that we get or they come up to me and go, I didn't know that what I was experiencing had a name Hmm. or I did not realize that something I thought was normal was actually toxic or dare I say, even abusive. Um, So my favorite part in the classroom is when you get to have those conversations in real time and you get to watch the wheels turn where they go, wait, is jealousy toxic? And what does it look like in a relationship? I didn't know that if I did this, that that could be considered controlling um, or overbearing and having, getting to have those conversations. And like Kathy said, sometimes it's people putting a name to something they've been experiencing, but it's also getting to put a name to maybe some of the things that we might perpetrate in our own lives too. So we don't just have the conversations from a survivor's perspective, we have it from an accountability perspective as well. For every one in three teens that is a survivor of this, that's not in a vacuum. There's also an abuser for every single survivor. So we encourage accountability in the classroom as well as learning and awareness so you can recognize those red flags, not only in others, but in yourselves as well. And that number just means you know in any, in any given classroom environment, you've got people there whether they recognize it or not. So we actually do the statistic to illustrate it to the teens in the class. We will do the statistic in the classroom. So if you've got a class of 30 kids, that's 10 of the kids in that classroom right there. And we expand that. If that's Hmm. the number in this class, what is it for your high school, your middle school, or your county? And we expand that. And um, it really kind of gives them a visual of how much this impacts people. We'll also sometimes do an anonymous survey. Everybody puts their heads down. Um, and we will say, hey, have you know- raise your hand if you've known someone who things got way too serious, way too fast. Did you ever notice your friend kind of disappearing? It's like they didn't have any friends anymore once they started dating. Um, and then we'll also ask, do you- raise your hand if you know someone who's going through something like this. And almost every single time they- there are kids in that class who raise their hand. Jackie, the other thing that comes to, m- to my mind when you when you think of this, a, a person may be there, there just can be so many layers to this in that they might be in a relationship in, in dealing with this, but they also might be just with their friends in school being bullied. Or maybe there are things going on at, at, at home. There are just, as you go into schools and, and, talk in, uh, in, 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 in talk to kids, there really is, there, I mean, you can really be suddenly dealing with a lot of, a lot of heavy issues. Yeah, it, like Kirsten said, you know, we go in and we really don't know what that child is experiencing. So giving them the education on how to handle certain situations and giving them the resources to empower house, it has been really life-changing. I remember one situation in one of the counties 
where a child, he was very quiet in the in the presentation, um, but at the end, he took the pamphlet that we give and like any other student, took it home. But later, I remember I was working at, um, I was an advocate in one of the uh, counties in King George County. And later this student came to the resource officer to tell him that his mom was experiencing domestic violence. And again, he didn't know there was a name to it, but once we went through hmm. everything that we talk about, like Kirsten explained, he's like, wait a second, my mom is going through this and I need to reach out for help. Who can I, who can I reach out to? Um, very smart, brave kid, um, talked to his resource officer. Resource officer came and talked to me and we made connection with mom. So it, it is, it could be just a school presentation of education, but it can turn into a life-saving situation. It's really powerful what um, the youth team is doing out in the community. Oh, it is. I mean, how difficult would it be for that child to go and, and, and just say that mm -hmm. and, and, and to go to somebody and ask for help? Yeah, that was very brave for him to, to do that and to trust you know, the adults that were coming into his school, into his space. And I just love that that gave him some hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it gave him a name, and then he's like, oh, there's people who who deal with this. Mm -hmm. It was an outside resource. He didn't have to have that burden alone. And that's why going into the schools and um, building strong connections with the community is so important because that's how we can connect with survivors, victims who are suffering in silence. And once we've made that connection with that social worker, with that teacher, with that resource officer, with the doctor, with the nurse, we can wrap around that person and provide the services that they need. Um, that's why we're passionate about being out in the community and to the public schools and just everywhere so people can know and learn about Empower House and all the services that we provide. We're going to talk in a few minutes about about um, a program that you're, you're you were you were involved in yesterday, and we'll, we we will we will talk about that. Kirsten, the thing that also strikes me is, is, is you and Jackie talk is about people putting uh, you know all of a sudden realizing these kids realizing there's a, there's a name to it, the, and the thing is a lot of time adults are in this situation and don't realize they're in a situation or that there's a name associated with it. So it's not just kids. We hear all the time about about people who just rationalize and for whatever reason don't want to make a, don't want to make a move. Absolutely. And you'll even see with the teachers that come into our classes, hmm. um, they've never heard anything like this because we pro they probably didn't have it in their schools growing up. So we get a lot of great feedback from the teachers where they're like, I didn't even know this. I wish I had gotten something like this. So you even get to impact the faculty mm -hmm. in the building. But also, like Jackie said, it goes back home. Every kid gets a pamphlet with some information. So it's directed at a teen or it's directed at a child, but that comes home. Yeah. Maybe that's the only way that mom or dad gets a resource because it's too dangerous to go seek that out on their own. But if it comes home through their child, that's suddenly our hotline number in their home yeah. in a safer 
yeah. way. And we can also make that connection with whoever needs it. Like they don't have to call our hotline if it's not something that they can safely do. They don't have to come to our office if it's not something that they can safely do. They don't have to go to law enforcement if it's something that they can't safely do. We can come to the school and pretend it's a student meeting. We can come to the doctor's office. We can come to where they are to try to help them and try to assess their situation. But on, on one hand, it's really exciting what you're able to, to do. On the other hand, it, it is, I'm sure, just really sobering to, to, to see these stories that you both could just go on and on about that, that you, you encounter all the time. I get people ask me all the time, well, you go into elementary and you go into middle school. Like, it, is this something that they're receptive to? And you'd be surprised, even in middle school and elementary school, some of the things that these kids have been exposed to, um, whether it's at home or even just dating. I mean, kids are dating younger. So yeah. the things that I've heard middle schoolers kind of say in confidence after they'll come up to you after class and you're like, oh, my gosh, you're you're a seventh grade kid yeah and you're dealing with adult heavy situation. adult situations that i don't even know how i would handle at that right. age well and, and kathy and i have talked over i mean kathy's always talking about when when you're dating someone you don't expect to be in a situation where you know you just don't expect those things to happen and all of a sudden when they do you you know you start questioning yourself or you you just you, you don't know what to do sometimes and it's interesting with the teenagers, too, because, you know, they're learning how to have a relationship. So they really mm -hmm. don't know what is okay and what is not. Sure. So talking about those things, like, what is acceptable? What's not acceptable? What's a green flag? What's a red flag? What's healthy? What's unhealthy? They are learning. So if we don't teach them and we don't have these conversations, how are they going to know to be on the lookout for a potentially dangerous situation? I think it's impressive too because they go through those that decision making while they're in the classroom with you. Yes. So you're kind of putting it all out there and they get to say, well, this is what I would want in a relationship or I wouldn't want that as a quality in a partner. Mm -hmm. But um, but they haven't had opportunities to, to really think about those things except for often, um, it's not in every case, but it, most students, most kids haven't really thought about those things because they just haven't had the information in front of them and somebody mm -hmm. facilitating that conversation. But if you can look at that early before you're in the relationship, you have a much better way of decision-making once in that relationship. Right. We've already thought about it. Well, and, and what you both are doing just is so proactive. That's, that's the great thing about this. You're not waiting until mm -hmm. they're adults. You're giving them information, and, and who knows? Maybe in college it helps. Maybe when they're adults it helps, or even right now. just. Little things like, you know, you, you go with somebody to the prom and you're just so excited and all of a sudden things start happening. And, and maybe there are things that you've seen modeled at home and think nothing of it, but because they've been in a, in a, in a setting with you talking about these things, all of a sudden you're thinking, you shouldn't be treating me like this. And it's a great opportunity to address what is truly normal. And even if something is normal, does that mean it's healthy? Hmm. Um, I mean, the biggest thing I see in the classroom is the discussion, well, can your partner have friends the same gender as you? And what does that look like? And you've got some teens in there who immediately are like, no, my partner better not be talking to anybody. Like, I don't even want you like messaging. Like, why are you, why'd you like so-and-so's post? 
and you get to have those conversations yeah. and sometimes you're the one facilitating that sometimes it's the other kids calling kids out where they'll be like oh no it's fine like limiting contact with other people is not that big a deal and the entire class will look at them so sometimes it might be the first time that this person is put on the spot um, not necessarily in a bad way mm -hmm. but hearing other people's perspective of this may be normal to you, but this actually isn't what you think it is. And how can you address jealousy as an emotion that's giving you important information, but also making sure that our actions don't become controlling or aggressive or abusive when we are experiencing those emotions. So we get to have that conversation about balance. Yeah. Wow, that 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 it just just that one question when you you brought that I mean that that you would get a whole whole variety of things and that's when you can see mm -hmm. what's healthy and what's not yes absolutely boy like just being able to just have like name those things and, and manipulate all of that information together and then what the your peers are saying and then what the adult in the room is saying but where else would you be having those conversations except for you know our ability to deliver these classroom presentations I think it's amazing that these kids are having these conversations to help them navigate their futures. And even yesterday, I was in the classroom yesterday, and I had some kids come up after the presentation. They're like, thank you for coming. We never get to talk about this. They never teach us anything like this. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we might be the only conversation they have that year in the classroom about that. And, and the adults are so excited about it, too. That's why they have us come. You know, they're, they're like, we know this is part of SOLs. We know... You know, we're supposed to be teaching family life stuff, but a lot of the teachers would prefer to have someone come in who has this conversation all the time and yeah. is an expert in it. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. We need to take a quick break, and we'll come back and, and, and talk much more about this. This is National Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Empowerhouse in this morning, empowerhouseva.org, the hotline number 540-373-9373. Kathy Anderson is uh, here, Kristen Knox is here, and Jackie Oliveira is here. More on News Talk 1230 WFVA. It is 830. From the Fredericksburg.today online news studios, this is News Talk 1230 WFVA, Fredericksburg, a centennial broadcasting station focused on Fredericksburg. This is Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. Hear the show anytime by subscribing to the Town Talk podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And now, here's your host, Ted Schubel. In Powerhouse in this morning, Jackie Oliveira is here along with Kirsten Knox and uh, Kathy Anderson in PowerhouseVA.org. We are talking about teen violence and some really, really good stuff and just the 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 all of you it's just been just so enlightening kathy as we we the the programs that you do in schools i'm talk talk about what you do how you set it up and in and, and, and what they all do so we actually have a new program uh that we hadn't done in the past and it's um a newly funded full-time position we have for primary prevention so in addition to providing that education in the schools or those opportunities when we've had multiple times with the same set of kids, um, prevention is about saturating that information with a certain set of kids over and over. And so we're having this new opportunity. And one of the ways that we sort of looked at the need for this was we, uh, in our classroom presentations, often in high schools, certainly middle schools, and more often now in, in elementary schools, 
we will be uh, talking to the group and we'll have some kids who are just aren't engaged at all. And maybe they've taken their phones out, uh, regardless, they're not participating. Um, you know, and it's it's disheartening because it's really good information and, and, you know, it's not our common experience that kids tune out. But um, one of the things we found out from talking with the teachers is to find out very late in that classroom experience at the end of the class that those students are English learners. So here they are in a classroom full of mainstream conversation in English, but their primary language is one where they can't actually, they can't access the information we're presenting because it's not in their language. And often those are Spanish speaking kids, um, you know, and they are put in mainstream classes. So, so part of what we were hoping to do when we created this new primary prevention program funded by the state was to engage um, English learners and find a way to access um, their um, ability to access our information. And so in this program that we designed, we pulled down a program from the state called Do You, and it is an effort to teach uh, middle school boys um, through a variety and series of learning uh, to prevent violence from happening in the first place. So we've worked with a school and I've identified uh, some young men to uh, go through the program and really, um, you know, these are kids who aren't, you know, don't have these behaviors to start and we're catching them at an early enough age that we can really engage them and and create an environment that helps them later in their lives so they won't um, take on these behaviors. So um, we started the program yesterday, and Jackie uh, was in the classroom and could tell us more about that, how that went and what we're trying to do. And- Just a little bit. We've talked about it, Jackie. I mean, you were, you were really excited after the uh, yeah, first day. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, this is, this is something. This is like a little dream come true. You know, I had talked about it long time ago with my husband about creating something like this but it was literally just a dream it was something that i was just thinking about and then when i found out that there was actually a grant for it like i seriously lost it like i was like is this for real like is this a joke is this for real and kathy's like no this is for real this is what we're thinking about doing so it's been in in the works for a very long time um we started talking about it a while ago and we've created um, this amazing group that yesterday was our very first day. We had 36 participants, candidates, <clears throat> that were selected by the school, by the um, school personnel and counselors and teachers and principal. Um, they selected 36 students, 36 or 35, I'm not 100% sure, but we could have um, max of 15. Um, and I was honestly just hoping and praying for four, at least four, but we got 15 and mm. yesterday we met 13 of them um, and it was a packed room. It was amazing. It was better than I expected. The kids were very engaged, very respectful and eager to learn and just hang out with us. And of course, we're bringing food every week. So we, we really got them in our pocket with food. <laughs> Well, you were describing how it's not just a regular classroom setting, too. 
Right. We really wanted to make it a special thing. We wanted to make it comfortable and make it feel something different than just a regular classroom. So we thought about changing the lighting. We thought about changing the seating, um, got a rug, you know, turned off the lights, turned on lamps. We got like bean bags and special chairs and um, cushions that they could sit on the floor and just relax. And it's not a regular classroom that you're walking into and um, one of the teachers that was joining us yesterday he's like it was amazing how automatic that was that transition was they're you know rowdy in the hall loud in the hall joking with their friends and as soon as they turn the corner they notice that the room looks different so it feels different so they just calm down their voice got lower and they're like what's happening here everything was like more relaxed. It was a really beautiful thing to experience yesterday. I was really, really excited and I can't wait for the next nine weeks. This is a 10 week program. How do you break the ice and even just get conversation going, especially the first week? The food I think helped a lot for sure. Um, We had a parent meeting where we got to meet the candidates. All the candidates were invited. Um, Parents had the opportunity, parents and students had the opportunity to ask questions. Um, any questions, anything that they had in their mind about the program, they had an opportunity to ask and we got enough, we had the chance to meet the students. Um, so we told them that we were going to be bringing food and they were excited. So when they saw the food, they, they were, they said, you weren't kidding. You were for real. You, you did bring the food. (laughs) So I think that kind of broke the ice in the parent, um, Q&A questions and answers meeting. They got to know us. We talked about the program. So I think week one was kind of like, okay, we got this. Um, so it was really neat. So, so food is disarming so they can like relax. But And then you, you had a question on the first... Yeah, we had several, um, just to get to know each other, we had um, several, we had a little ball that asked different questions like, um, who's your favorite person? What's your favorite um, color? Just little things to get to know them. Mm -hmm. Um, So we went around and um, took turns with that and the kids were really engaged in listening to each other and asking follow-up questions. Like one of the students um, said his favorite person was his dad. Another another student just wanted to know like why why is your dad your favorite person, and they went into that conversation. So it was really neat that day one. A lot of the kids don't know each other, but they were willing to open up and have conversations at a. These at are a, eighth grade kids. Yeah, so eighth grade boys. That's really um, impressive. And that's as as um, Kirsten and, and Jackie, as you both have talked, whether it's the boys, where we you know the girls. We, at this age that they're that they're willing to talk and, and are, are a sponge and want to want to learn this my first thought would be boy it might be kind of hard to get them to to open up but it sounds like you're presenting information that they're really interested in and you're going to get a different reaction from different groups and also it depends on when you go in and what time of day you know the early morning classes they're still waking up so they may still be intrigued and getting something out of it but they're just super quiet so sometimes it's like pulling teeth and sometimes it's they just they're all over it and also it's a topic that they're not your activities really draw them out too and plus you bring candy Oh, yes. We do bribe uh, them to answer questions with Jolly Ranchers. Um, So we get a lot of great feedback about the candy. (laughs) 
but we do try to make it interactive and they love sharing about their lives and their relationships and getting interactive and like um we were talking about some of our activities get them moving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's not just the conversation sitting down and having a conversation we get them moving one of our favorite ones is we have a continuum where you know you get 10 volunteers to come up and hold laminated cards that all list different uh, behaviors, red flag behaviors you might find in an unhealthy relationship. And as a class, they have to organize that in order from least severe to most severe. And every lineup is different. It's their opinion. And it gets that discussion of, well, I think that yelling isn't that bad because my family's used to that all the time. And some people are like, no, it should be up here. And then the conversation is it what's worse being humiliated in private versus in public and or the silent treatment mm-hmm. is a big yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so and then also talking about like if you make comments if i can't have you no one can like some people think okay well that's just jealousy but then you really talk about it and they're like wait that feels threatening and so they'll put it all the way actually further down as a more severe thing and then um they'll well, do they have that. to like manipulate this information and talk about it among themselves and not agree on where it stands because a lot comes out. Right. So it's a great way to address nuance and opinion and have those discussions. And there's no right or wrong answer. Right. Um, and then they'll line it all up. And then we'll tell them, all right, we're going to walk you down this line. And we ad lib a story based on the lineup they give us and tell them how it plays out. Oh, interesting. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I love that activity That's so my much. Favorite. <laughs> I love that activity so much. Yeah. And I'm sure just the conversation and, and when when they stake out a position just to say, you know, to have them defend it or explain it. I love to hear their values, but yeah. also like it's great even the kids who then aren't um, chiming in or aren't you don't think they're participating think of the messages that they're allowed to receive so maybe it's not safe even for them to talk about it or maybe they've it is their normal so they're not used to people calling this behavior out as something that's Mm -hmm. um you know disrespectful against the law Mm -hmm. etc so i think for kids who are seeing it at home they're they're getting to see other kids reactions to it which is so valuable right yes and you never know. Just like, Jackie, you talked about a brochure goes into the house and who knows who who sees that. These conversations that they're having two, three, four, five years from now, they're in a situation and they remember, remember Jackie or, you know, Kirsten talking about this and this is what they said and you just never know on those kinds of things. So that's another great I think wherever they thing. live, whatever situation they yeah. go into, you know, they've all, they all have phones, so now they can Google a resource like Empower House wherever yeah. they live to know that there's something available to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the hope is that they remember that Empower House is here for them, for their families, for anyone who is experiencing something similar or even thinking that they might be experiencing domestic violence. We're here. They can call. Um, They can call anonymously, they can call free, they can just call to ask questions, they can, um, it doesn't matter if they speak Spanish or a different language, we have the language line, anyone can call that hotline number, 540-373-9373. Wow, see I didn't realize that some of this was even in the schools, and that's that's just terrific that you're able to to get the conversation going, And, and you two just seem perfect. 
Thank I you. I mean, you do. You just both really have a have a grasp on this and just a passion. Yeah, I to want to want to yeah to the passion to want to educate children. And I'm a mom, so I want my children to know about this and to learn the red the red flags and to learn what a healthy relationship looks like, and to be able to have a, a healthy relationship going up and as they grow up as well. So just being able to share this with kids in the community, in the public school system, like I think it's amazing and I thank the counties who have allowed us to come in and trusted us with their students to be able to educate them in this topic. And I love that we're able to go in and go beyond the stereotypes because everybody has an idea of domestic violence going in. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we address the different types and like everyone thinks it's just physical. Right. So getting to have those conversations about, well, here's the emotional and the verbal as well. And mm -hmm. all of that still counts. We have power and control wheels and visuals that whether it's teens or adults, right. they'll go through that and go, I'm experiencing this, I'm experiencing this. My partner's never laid hands on me before, mm -hmm. but I could highlight everything on this wheel and it's in writing and someone is naming it. Um, yeah. I just too love that like more adults are kind of getting in the fold and understanding the issue more profoundly because the adults are seeing it play out in the schools. Right. You know, seeing it in the hallways or seeing it in the yeah. you know, counseling office, wherever, the gym class. So, um, you know, I, I love some of the things you guys have done recently too, where you have uh, gone to the school resource officers and provided a presentation. And I love the unique way that you did it, the very creative way that you did it. So you brought in your presentation as if you were going to give that presentation to youth. And you said to those officers, all right, I want you to channel your inner teenager. And you gave that presentation to, and they had to be in role uh, as a student, as yeah. a teenager. Um, so the resource officers were very excited because they see this all the time and they're not always feeling super equipped, like, okay, so now we've identified this or it's happening. It's not exactly my role as a school resource officer to address this, but okay, like, we can break this down. We can address it. We can respond. And now they have a partnership mm -hmm. with Empower House mm -hmm. to help with that resource. Um, and then with another school district, uh, you went to all the all of the gym teachers because usually it's the phys ed teachers who are um, <clears throat> bringing folks in because of the uh, learning, mm -hmm. the SOL. And so I love that you gave that presentation again about ch channeling your inner teenager. And so, Jackie, you were a part of, I think, both of those presentations. Yes. Mm -hmm. Kirsten, you were part of the first one, I think. She was part of both mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah, we went to both. They loved it. Yeah, they really did. And it was a lot of fun, really, because these are adults <laughs> channeling their teenage selves. Yeah. So it was really interesting because they were so eager to ask questions. So they they would say things like, can I ask a question as an adult or does it have to be as a 13 year old? <laughs> like they were, their mind was going all over the place. And because they worked with kids in the school, yeah, they were able to be like, oh my God, do you, did you remember this case? And then they would go on about that and be like, oh my God, I wish I had this, you know, a while back, this would have been so useful. So it was really neat to see their gears turning and how they can help wow. other students. I mean, you're helping both the students and the adults. And I love, 
I love when the teachers pitch in too. Like they'll, right. um, if they have something specific that they're seeing a recurring issue in the hallways, they'll step in during our presentation, and say, like, "Hey, listen to what um, you're being taught," because I see this all the time. Like I watch kids go um, in the hallways, boyfriend girlfriend. They um, one of them wants uh, insists on getting a kiss before you go into the class, and like the other partner is like, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to," and they're just being pushy in something that to them might seem small, but it's it's just a simple case of boundaries. Yeah, so uh, the teachers were noticing this type of behavior and they're like, you know, we need this type of education. Can we talk about this topic in particular? So that also helped us create what we call like a presentation menu where it has different topics um, that we can go in and talk more in depth about. Good examples, that digital abuse presentation that you have. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Good stuff. Thank you for what you what, what you're doing. We take quick one quick final break. Uh, Kristen Knox is here. Jackie Oliveira is here, and Kathy Anderson from Empowerhouse. EmpowerhouseVA.org. We'll uh, conclude when we come back on News Talk 1230 WFVA. This is Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. Download the all-new News Talk 1230 WFVA app for Apple and Android. Text your comments or questions directly to the studio at 540-371-5756. And now, here's your host, Ted Schubel. I just feel like there's so many, so much more we, we need to talk about, and we, we can at some point. Empowerhouse, our focus this morning, and uh, National Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Kathy Anderson is here. Kirsten Knox is here. And Jackie Oliveira is, uh, is, is here this morning. Before we get out of here, again, empowerhouseva.org. One of the things, uh, Kirsten, we didn't talk about with, with school and, and all of this is just the, the you know electronic media and that, and, and that kind of social media and whole nother whole nother show just on that yes so typically when we go in with our regular healthy uh, relationship presentations we cover the four main types of abuse physical sexual emotional and verbal but there's really all of those can still show up in a digital format as well Um, so whenever we started expanding our program and creating more presentations one of our little side presentations that we give is uh, digital connections so we have those Um, conversations about online safety. How does abuse show up um, through text, social media, um, digital interactions, and what red flags to look out for in that case? Um, What is cyberbullying? And how do you even respond to cyberbullying? Should you respond? Um, Because sometimes it's best not to because it's just adding fuel to the fire. Um, So we get to have those conversations um, with the kids that way. Um, and that's just one of uh, a couple of our side presentations as well. We also go in depth. We have one that completely talks about consent and breaks down consent um, beyond no means no. Um, and then we have boundaries um, and communication um, topics as well. Um, what is a boundary? Um, how do you maintain a boundary? Because I can set a boundary all day long. What happens if somebody crosses that? Um, and what do I get to do? And what do I not get to do? Um, so we make those differentiations there. But the hotline number is 540-373-9373. Jackie, if, if, a, if a parent or anybody has questions on this, and uh, is it, I guess, call in Powerhouse. Yeah, for sure. Call in Powerhouse. And we also have information on our website, as you mentioned, in powerhouseva.org. Um, there's a special tab there for teens. Um, teen information. We have booklets. We have pamphlets. 
Um, and feel free to call the hotline 540-373-9373. We can have these conversations with parents. We can have t conversations with teenagers if they want to come into the office or call the hotline. Any means possible, we are here for the parents. We're here for the students. We're here for um, teachers, SROs, anyone who wants to help, who needs help, we're here for them. Well, we'll have to definitely do more on this. Thank you both for what you do. Wow. Thank you for having Thank us. You. Just It's just been, been eye-opening, the, the, the issues, but just how you're handling them. And uh, this is uh, one in three teens involved. And that's, that's scary, Kathy Anderson. But, uh, it's scary. And I think that folks should check out our Facebook page and our Instagram page this month because Kirsten put together a whole lineup for the month for Teen Dating Balance Awareness Month. EmpowerhouseVA.org, Kathy Anderson, Kirsten Knox, and Jackie Oliveira. Thank you Thank so you. much, and uh, we'll talk again soon. That is it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the morning. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. The views expressed by the hosting guests on this program are their own and not necessarily those of this station, its management, or Centennial Broadcasting. Hear the show anytime by subscribing to the Town Talk podcast on your favorite podcast platform. The Glenn Beck program is next on News Talk 1230 WFVA, focused on Fredericksburg.